Welcome to One Stop Shop, a weekly podcast that helps ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs learn from the best. Brought to you by Convergio. To learn more about managing all of your e-commerce tools, channels, and strategies from one dashboard, visit Convergio.com. Today we interview Ryan Babenzine from Greats.com. Greats was born out of the idea of building a men's footwear brand that made high-quality product and sold it directly to the consumer at a value price. Ryan and John, the founders, knew that the wholesale business of selling to third-party retailers was inefficient and that inefficiency was paid for by the consumer in the form of higher prices. Grace was launched in 2013 and quickly became an instant classic, selling out of most styles within 90 days. The remarkable thing is that John and Ryan didn't start with available capital or even connections. What they did have, however, was solid understanding of the market. Today, we chat with Ryan to talk about the importance of understanding a market before attempting to disrupt it. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, it's my Uh, pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about Great's brand and what you sell. Yeah. So Great's is is a digitally native footwear brand. Um, We're about two and a half years old. Our original launch was really focused on men. Um, exclusively men. But over that course of time, we started getting a lot of demand from women's. So we recently uh, tested some women's silhouettes and styles and sizes and officially we'll be launching women's in March of 2017 as well. So of all the things that one can sell online, why sneakers? (laughs) Great question. Um, The simple answer is I really knew the sneaker business. I think we got, so I had been a marketing executive at other uh, kind of legacy footwear brands, sneaker brands specifically, and saw that nobody had really created a a vertical brand in the sneaker space. There were lots of other categories being taken advantage of, eyewear, t-shirts, khakis, but nobody had really built a sneaker brand as a digital native brand. And have, you know, it just happened to be lucky that way that it was, an, uh, it was a market that I knew really well. And there was a huge opportunity. It's a gigantic business. It's a really big market. Uh, and that was kind of how we launched the business. We, uh, it's you and? Well, it's we and everybody else that works here. Although I, I did have a co-founder who is no longer involved with the business. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. But we, yeah, we, I say we. Yeah, I'm generally the person that talks for the brand, but it's it's a 100% team effort, and and the we must be included. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. How big or small is the team? So um, we've been pretty lean. We just hired our uh, 16th full-time employee, Rachel Ullman, who's our new president slash COO. So we're a team of 16. And when you say, just to clarify for the audience, when you say native, digital, digital, native, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so we're, you know, when we launched, we were 100% sold online only at greats.com. Now, that was our launch strategy. That wasn't our long-term strategy. And we just never, you know, we never said we were going to be online only. We never believed in that model. We thought that was kind of e-commerce version one, and there was a lot of learnings for people that started those types of businesses. If you so so when we launched, we said, yeah, we're going to launch online first, then we're going to open 
a very, very exclusive list of, of partnerships. Um, we partnered with Mr. Porter very early on and most recently Nordstrom. Um, and the third tier is, is our own, is Great's branded retail. So Great's retail experiences, which will come in Q2 of 17. And we just think Digitally Native is, you know, we were launched there still going to be the dominant part of our business in the larger percentage of our revenue. Uh, but there will be those two other channels, which we think is what a modern brand looks like, uh, as opposed to primarily wholesale and some e-com business where we're kind of reversed. So your products are very often of the same quality as bigger, higher brand name brands, um, sometimes manufactured in the same facilities and offered usually at a better price. When you're trying to disrupt an industry like this, how were you able to communicate that value to your potential buyers and earn their trust? Yeah, I mean, again, really good question. You know, it's it's hard to communicate um, uh, quality digitally, right? Because like, it ultimately it comes down to touching and feeling and understanding, wow, this is a handcrafted sneaker made in Italy um, that would normally sell for 400 plus dollars and ours is 160. You can communicate that with language and imagery um, and that does a pretty good job, but there's nothing like actually touching it and putting it on your foot. You know, I don't have a, I don't have a magic crystal ball that said we did all of these things and this is the one that made it work. We were just very focused on communicating um, our quality, our build, where things come from, having transparency to the materials. We did the, you know, we do these, we did these things called the explosion pack, where we literally took the shoe, unassembled, and laid out all the pieces of it, and said, "Here's what's your, here's what's in your shoe," and explained what those materials were, and it worked. I think. We probably talked a little bit more about the value proposition in the early days of the business, but we've since just, we just talk about ourselves as a brand and making the highest quality goods we can at a price point that's better than everybody else's. And, and people have responded to that, uh, thankfully. On one hand, I totally, I hear what you're saying in terms of, it sounds like things like the transparency probably helped you. Can you pinpoint like i know you said you didn't have a crystal ball but what you said is sort of true hopefully of any successful business that you're able to convey your quality um in a way that consumers respond to and i want you to i want to push you a little bit to drive deeper like what uh, specific instant or thing really stood out in your mind like you felt like that was a turning point people are trusting us now well i mean when we launched we sold you know, we did $45,000 in revenue in the first eight hours. That was, you know, we were surprised. And all of that, we didn't do any marketing. And all of that was driven by social media and press. We had a lot of press that we were launching that day. And, and then we communicated through imagery and, and text kind of what our value proposition was and how we got there. So, yeah, I, you know, looking back, we, we, we definitely communicated. And I think pictures and video tell great stories. So we, we certainly did a lot of that and continue to do that. Um, 
that's what you do with an online business for sure. And I think if you don't do that well, you're going to stumble. So I think we've done that well. We've, we've communicated consistently what the materials are, how they comp against our competitors and why we're able to do it at a price that's incredibly competitive. Um, that, that being said, I'm not sure anything is more gratifying than getting the, getting the item and putting it on and touching it. I, I think that's the final closure of what, am I going to be a great customer or not? And our, we have the lowest return rate in the entire footwear industry in the world. Um, so I think that's kind of the, that was an unknown. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but when they got it, the data now says, because we have the lowest return rate in the industry, as long as we can get you to try it, we're very confident you're going to be a satisfied customer. I don't know if I answered your question directly, but, but um, that's no. my answer. I don't know. I'm just sort of processing it all because that, that is a huge launch to just kind of start fresh. I guess the, the last follow up, is there any, like what, when you say press, like what do you actually mean? What kind of things were going out? What things did you have lined up leading to the launch that led to such a successful first eight hours? Well, we clearly did some email capture <laughs> and that, uh, that announcement went out to kind of everybody on our list. So, you know, that was, high intent customer who had signed up um, for the, I guess for about two months prior to launch, we had a, you know, we were, we were collecting emails um, for those that were interested in learning more about rates. So that was part of the strategy. And the other part of the strategy was to tell a, a tell an even wider story um, throughout the fashion and sneaker industry. So we had press in every publication, that mattered in the sneaker space. And there's, that's really interesting about the sneaker culture. There's actually um, media sites where people go every day to learn about street style and sneaker releases. That's very unique. Uh, nothing like that exists in shirts or pants or blazers. There's no kind of media source for those items. But sneakers, there's five or six that are really, really important. Uh, so we got press in all of those and, you know, Women's Wear Daily and the New York Times, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, that that helps put some teeth to it because I'm like, gosh, this guy's clearly really smart, but he's holding out on some of the uh, <laughs> the information he's sharing right Not now. Not holding out. I'm just, I'm just trying to remember all of the details from, from two and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I appreciate you uh, humoring my question. So, um, Ryan, one thing we know about your store is that it has excellent customer loyalty and repeat purchase rate. Uh, first of all, do you mind sharing some of these numbers with our listeners? Well, we don't talk about hard numbers, but I can tell you that we have a very high retention rate uh, in compared to the market. And we see conversion of a second-time purchase. So once a customer becomes a customer, uh, generally they're buying their second pair within 90 days. And that's pretty fast uh, for the price point that we're selling and, and the items. And then when they, once they repeat, they really stick around and buy, you know, multiple pairs across a year. Um, and, and our model allows us to kind of offer a frequency of newness and, a, and release calendar that's very, very disruptive to the industry. We don't, we don't have four delivery seasons. We have 
every two weeks we're talking about something new, whether it's a color or a material or a, an entirely new silhouette. So that's that. All of that combined, I think, has created a level level of customer loyalty um, that's not been seen before in the category. Mm-hmm. So, without sharing, you know, any personal information, if you don't feel comfortable to do that, but do you have any advice to some of our listeners who are trying to build this level of customer loyalty? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it's what it what it's what you guys do, right? Like you know, people that use Conversio are going to see this ability to kind of engage their current customer base to be the brand ambassador for the, for whatever they're buying. And, and, you know, that's really critical. Like if you're building a brand and you don't have retention and repeat, you're not really doing a great job at building a brand and your best brand ambassadors are going to be those who are current customers. So, um, you know, using tools like Conversio, are kind of critical to um, increase retention and, and, and make it a really nice experience for the customer. Oh, by the way, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. But do you have any advice um, as in, I guess, the way they would use these tools? And again, you know, I, you know I, I'm not trying to push you to share how you specifically, you know, word your emails or the kind of content that you share that's obviously, you know, it could be, um, you know, seen as uh, competitive information. But any advice generally in the way people, because of course I'm biased, but I also know that Conversio is a, is a great tool, but it's what you do with it that matters, right? We give the customers all of these tools and features, but if somebody doesn't use them right, it's just not going to do what it's supposed to do. So I feel like there is a, there's got to be an element of the way you're communicating with your customers and the kind of relationship that you've built with them. And I'm, I guess I'm trying to get the recipe to that. And I don't know if that's an easy thing to extract, but there is, um, I guess the Midas touch, if you will. <laughs> well, I, I think I've done I, that, that got customers to love you so much that they're buying sneakers from you. And I understand that, you know, now I'm, I'm getting this idea when you say that sneakers, you know, there's not nothing like it for T-shirts or whatever. It sounds like it's a it's a subculture that I'm missing on, and I didn't, I really didn't know that it existed. It sounds like people are really passionate about it in a sense, but um, you know, to be able to to get to get customers to buy from you every ninety days, that's really remarkable. Yeah, I think so. I, my simple answer is, I whatever you're selling or doing online or trying to generate a customer base. You have to do it authentically and you have to find, like we're brand builders. That's what we're doing. We're building a brand. E-commerce happens to be the channel that we sell the most through, but the brand principles are the same regardless of where you sell. And you really have to find an authentic voice and communicate that consistently. I mean, a, a lot of people think making an item and then, having it for sale on the internet is, is a brand and it's, it's not making a thing is relatively easy. When you start talking about brand, you're talking about generating an emotion around a purchase, whether it's footwear or an electronic item. And then how does that person engage with that piece and talk about it? And how, how do they go out and become an ambassador? That's when you have a brand. That's when you're really kind of firing an all cylinder. So authenticity is to me, one of the most critical things to do when trying to to accomplish sales goals. Um, without it, 
things can go wrong very quickly. Um, and I think we've seen that quite a lot in, in the e-commerce space um, because they were just not brand focused. They were just focused on all the wrong things, in my opinion, and, and many of those businesses are now gone. Mm-hmm. What are you most passionate about with your business? No, I'm really passionate about building something of the highest quality at the fairest price, because in the end, you know, we save the customer money. Um, That's not to say our shoes are inexpensive. Our our shoes provide a better value in in different categories. You know, we start at $50 and we go up to $200. Um, But in each category, in each price category, we're, we're offering a better value proposition, better quality uh, within that price. That's exciting to me. You know, I, I think, and this might sound counterintuitive, we're not necessarily trying to get you to buy the most pairs a year. I think we're, we're very satisfied with you buying better and buying less. So as long as you have the best shoes in your closet, we're, we're going to be happy. Have you had any um, memorable moments with your customers yet that sort of solidify this this passion that you're talking about? Yeah, I've had a bunch. I mean, I did a, I did a talk at Apple, and um, it was at the Apple Store in Soho, and it was about launching a startup. And after the talk, it was packed. It was standing room only. And then after the talk, there was like a 10-minute Q&A. And then after that, there was about 40 people in line waiting to ask me questions. I mean, that was a pretty major moment in realizing that, and this was a year and a half ago, it it made me realize that we're actually affecting people. We had a mom in line ask me or talk to me saying, hey, you know, we come from, uh, you know, we're lower class, we don't have a lot of money and my son loves your shoes and I'm really glad that I get to buy them instead of, you know, something that costs four times as much. I had students saying, I'm super inspired. You guys are like making me want to start my own startup when I graduate. So there's been a series of those. Um, It never, you know, to to be honest, it's probably more gratifying to see that than it is to hit a revenue goal. Mm -hmm. I know that might sound crazy. Personally, I get way more satisfaction in that. We did a big thing this year with one of the best charities in the world called the Robin Hood organization here in New York. And we donated all the dollars we made from the sale of a shoe. We collaborated on with them and then matched it with the same dollar amount in terms of pairs of shoes. So we wound up giving away hundreds and hundreds of pairs of shoes um, to, to, to a great charity. We don't lead with that as a brand. That's not, that's not what we're trying to say. Um, We're not taking advantage of, a charitable position, but we absolutely believe that, you know, doing the right thing all the time is, is part of our culture. So that was super satisfying to me and we'll do it again next year. Where do you want to be personally within this business, say five years from now, 10 years from now? Like now I'm not talking like business goals. Like you said, like we're going to make X dollars. We'll sell X shoes. Like you personally, what are you hoping to get out of it in the next several years? Well, I, you know, I think it really does go hand in hand. I think the more successful we are as a business, the more I get to do things that you may not be able to do when your business isn't successful. So that, you know, there is that. Um, but personally, I think as long as I can continue to 
really make people happy. I, I mean, it sounds weird. Again, like I never launched greats with this intention of generating happiness through footwear. Like that was never my mission, but we get enough of that. I get stopped on the street. Sometimes people might recognize me from something and just tell me the story about when they found their greats and how they found it and how great they are and people compliment them. And, you know, that's just incredibly gratifying. So if we can continue to do that, um, I really don't look at the numbers and I don't really care what they are. I think we'll, you know, I will be very pleased uh, knowing that I'm making a difference in someone's life in some very small way. What would be one piece of advice you would love to give to a younger self or maybe to a new entrepreneur who's listening to us today from your personal experience? Oh, man. Well, for myself, it, the list would be way too long. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wish I'd done this a little bit sooner. Um, I probably waited longer uh, for all the wrong reasons. And then that would lead into when you're younger, just you got to take take risk while you're young because it gets harder and harder to take risks. You know, responsibilities change as you get older, uh, lifestyle comfort changes. So the best time to do something is, is, you know, as, as young as you can, as, long, as soon as young as you can. Um, so that would be my advice to anybody coming out of college. If you have an inkling that you want to start something, start it sooner than later. So if our listeners want to learn more about you, your shoes and, and what's going on, where are the best, what's the best place or the best places to go? Yeah, well, the best place would be to go to greats.com. That's G-R-E-A-T-S.com. Um, if they are international, then, you know, I think Mr. Porter is a great solution. Um, and of course, our third partner would be Nordstrom. But the, the number one place where you're going to see the entire breadth of the collection uh, would be at Greats. Yeah, we were checking Greats. that out beforehand, and, and they do have a, a mighty nice collection. So I would recommend checking out the line and the shoes and the site. Definitely. So, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you both. Thank you. It's been a blast. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. One Stop Shop is a production of Convergio. Learn how to manage all of the marketing tools, channels, and strategies that you need from one dashboard by visiting Convergio.com. This podcast was produced in partnership with Come Alive Creative. For help building, improving, and marketing your e-commerce store, visit ComeAliveCreative.com. To listen to more episodes or to give us a rating, please visit Convergio.com forward slash iTunes.